0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy may be a lot of things, but shy isn't one of them. He never backs down from a
1: good debate.
0: This is The Roy Green Show on the the Chorus Radio Network. One of the most talked about, one of the most reported stories in the news is about opioids. But the full story isn't told. Well, we do here on this program. But otherwise, most generally it isn't told. More than a hundred million people in the United States and Canada are battling chronic pain. Increasing numbers are committing suicide because their access to the only medication which provides relief and quality of life, opioids, is being focused on as the cause of many deaths by overdose. How do we know this? That increasing numbers of of uh, chronic pain patients are committing suicide? Doctors have told us that. They speak among themselves, and then they'll talk to me. The overdoses that uh, are claiming lives of pain patients are often have nothing to do with opioid medications that have been prescribed. The patients take them as they've been taking them for years, and their quality of life is improved. But then doctors have told us that they are so intimidated by regulatory medical bodies and by politicians that they will not prescribe opioids as they have in the past for patients who need them. And they've told patients, I'm not going to risk my medical license for you. So these patients find themselves, as they've told us on the program, they find themselves buying uncontrolled and clearly dangerous unlicensed criminal opioids on street corners in an attempt to control their agony. So is there an effective way to control the agony of chronic pain? I know my guest isn't going to agree with everything I said, but everything I said is what we've experienced on this program through interviews and conversations, and I have a lot of respect for my guest, Dr. Jeffrey Ennis. He's a pain management specialist in the city of Hamilton, and uh, Dr. Ennis is also a chronic pain patient. I remember him sitting in this very studio with me 20 years ago with one and two of his patients on separate occasions, and his patients were chronic pain, his, his guests were chronic pain patients, and they were describing what was happening to them. And I remember sitting here thinking, my God, imagine having to go through that every day of your life. And then I found out that Dr. Ennis has to deal with it as well. I have a lot of respect. I have a great deal of respect for him. He's the author of a new book called Hypnotherapy for Pain Control, a safe and non-addictive way to relieve chronic pain. Jeff, it's good to talk to you. It's been a while. It's
1: great to talk to you, Ryan.
0: So, uh, before we talk about the book, and I want to spend the majority of our time on that, would you address the issue of opioids, chronic pain patients, and doctors telling patients, I cannot prescribe this to you anymore because I'm afraid I'll lose my license?
1: Sure. Uh, By the way, it's it's not that I disagreed with things that you said. I think there's a tinge of truth in everything you said. Um, It's a really complex problem, as you noted. And let's just back up and deal with the science for a minute. Because the first question a guy like me will ask is, is there evidence that these medications help? And what we have is the CDC, the the Center for Disease Control in the United States, in 2016 and Canada now in 2017, putting out their guidelines based on a lot of research. They basically put together all the good research and asked that question. And unfortunately, the answer is one I've known for 20 years, which is, Kind of, but not great. And the only reason why these drugs are still used, and they're like a 5,000-year-old drug at least, is because we have nothing better. So we start with that. Um, I was one of the first doctors in the Hamilton region to actually start using these again, because they fell into disfavor in the 80s and 70s, and I started using them in the early 90s, because I thought, well, maybe it'll help someone get going. And uh, it does, and it doesn't. So then we travel forward in time, and what we have are patients suddenly developing significant problems with addiction, and as you note, death, and now the government gets involved, and the college gets very upset. So let's go back to the science. What should we be doing? Well, based on the science, it looks like what we should be doing is really not prescribing much more than 50, and if absolutely necessary, 90 milligrams of morphine equivalents. Above that, the risk of addiction and potential death starts to climb very quickly. So that's new, that's new guidelines, and that means the new patient walking in your door, this is how they should be handled. What there is not in the guideline is how to handle the older patient who has been on higher doses of these drugs for a long time. And what they're facing now is exactly what you described. Physicians turning to them and saying, I don't want to lose my license. So they start dropping them exponentially and very quickly. I have at least two patients a week walking in with exactly that problem. What do you do? Well, the way I look at it is simple. When a doctor starts thinking about themselves and not the patient, then they're not being a doctor anymore. So the statement, I'm worried about the college, I'm thinking about me. I'm not thinking about you. One. Two, there is no guideline that's been developed for the old patient who's been on a lot of medication. Mm -hmm. There's, There's no guideline. It's made up. You know, when a physician says, well, the college just said, blah, 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 that is not what's been said. Nothing's been said about the older patient. So what do, should we do? I think what we should do, so I'm going to now be a doctor for a minute, is we should try our best to bring patients down as low as we can on these drugs because they're not safe. And what you want is the least amount necessary to help a person have less pain, but more importantly, to be able to function better. Mm-hmm. And if you can accomplish that, You've done a great job. And if all I can do is bring someone who's on 200 milligram equivalent, which used to be the old guideline right up until this year, and I bring them down to 190, I've done a darn good job. Yes, you have. And that's acceptable as long as they're up and moving and having a life.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's when you say, oh, my God, I got him down to 50, and they walk in the door and you drop him to 100. No wonder why they're upset.
0: Yeah. Or or
1: desperate. Or desperate. And or desperate, because that's what I see in my office. I see desperate people. Yeah. And I, I really think it's a misunderstanding on the part of uh, physicians as to how to handle that.
0: I've always liked the way you approach this, uh, this whole issue because they cannot ignore the human component. The statistics and the science has to make way yep. for the human component.
1: Absolutely. That person in front of you.
0: Yeah. The human being. Deal with. Yeah. Let's talk about your book. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what we want to do. So, um, hypnotherapy for pain control, a safe and non-addictive way to relieve chronic pain. Um, How do you, well, I I guess I have to start with this. How do you define chronic pain? And where does hypnotherapy come into the picture? For the person who's listening to us now, who's living with chronic pain, or knows someone who is, and sees a ray of hope here. light at the end of the tunnel how does it
1: work well so you know how I define chronic pain maybe it's slightly different than many of my colleagues usually I hear people say chronic pain is pain lasting longer than three to six months Mm -hmm. that definition is really designed for insurers so that they have a number to say okay now do this that is not a medical definition for me the medical definition no one's ever said that—is pain that's just never going to go away it's just not going to happen You know, and I saw a doc a number of years ago who actually told me, he said these words, I had chronic pain once, and I said, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't, because you'd still have it right now. So that for me is chronic pain, just pain that will not go away. All right. Where does hypnotherapy fit in? Well, for me, it began when I was in my 20s, because I already had big problems related to my back. I never realized how bad it was going to get, but it was pretty bad then. And I had no access to anything else. And a colleague of mine was involved in a group doing hypnotherapy, and I thought I'd go in and check it out. I figured, why not? And they were doing all these goofy things in the room, and I thought, holy cow, I've landed on Mars, <laughs> uh, really. But I thought, I better not leave, because the alternatives for me were zero. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very poor hypnotic subject. I really am. I stink. And it took me a year to get it, and I didn't give up. It really did. It took me a year. But I just kept trying, kept trying, kept trying, and then, boom, I got it. One day I got it. Now we flash forward to now. I can get into that state very quickly because I've done it for so long, and I can get about 30% reduction in my pain, which is better than any tablet I've taken. I get no side effects from it, and I can do as often as I want, and it doesn't cost me anything since I already paid to learn it. <laughs> so w- w- when
0: you get the book, is c- can you take the information that you get in the book and apply it to yourself?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's a fairly practical book in the end. I mean, I try, I talk about me a bit so people know why am I telling you this. Mm -hmm. I talk about chronic pain and how I see it needs to be approached, which is to me all about function in spite of pain. It's not about living with pain. It's about how to live in spite of it. And hypnotherapy, I give the science of hypnotherapy, so there's a rationale, why would I do this? You know, is there any good evidence? Uh, And there is. And then at the end of it, I go through the actual types of what are called hypnotic inductions that I use in the group program I run for hypnotherapy, which I've been doing with patients for a number of years now.
0: So and there's, there's quite an endorsement by one of your patients on the cover of the book. It's very
1: impressive. Paul. Yeah. 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 He's a great subject, you see. There's, like I said, stem stern. So I'm a terrible subject. Mm-hmm. On the other end of the spectrum is a fellow like him. Who can put himself into a profoundly deep trance very quickly, and he gets and he has rheumatoid arthritis. He has a bad disease. He gets 100% relief. He actually gets 100% relief. That's uh, for a good length of time. And he's actually dropped his narcotic dose because of it. That's amazing. Oh, he's amazing. I mean, I and I look at I, I only wish I was you, <laughs> but I'm not. But I'm blessed with what I can get.
0: But for the average, well, is there an average?
1: Well, what I just described is sort of like more like a bell shaped curve, and I'm at one end of it and Pauls at another, mm-hmm. and most people will probably fall in the middle, so they probably will have to work at getting into a trance, but not for a year, and they'll probably get somewhat better than thirty percent, but somewhat less than a hundred percent
0: because if I understand correctly, pain management doctors consider a thirty percent reduction in pain levels to be what they hope for
1: I, don't, I can't speak for them. what I can speak for is me. Mm-hmm. When my pain's out of control, I sort of show it to people, I put my hand in front of my face, and I say, "This is what it's like out of control. I can't see you. I don't care what you're saying, because all I can think about is this hand, which is pain. Now if I can move it over to and I move it over to my shoulder, so it says it hasn't gone away, but I can actually see you now. If I can get that level of reduction for a patient where they can see their world again, whatever it is, if it's 10, 20 percent great, if they need more, then so be it. That's what you're
0: after. I remember you coming into the studio with uh, two of your patients, and I remember very well thinking throughout the segment, I pay close attention to how things go in the room with me, and you were more interested in talking about your patients and your patients' well-being and the treatment of your patients than you were in talking about what you were doing and what you were experiencing and what you were up against. I've never forgotten that. Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, the book is pain man oh no, it's not it's called Hypnotherapy for Pain Control, a safe and non-addictive way to relieve chronic pain. And uh, the author is Dr. Jeffrey Ennis. That's J E F F R E Y E-N-N-I-S. Thank you. Sir. We'll talk again. It's great to talk to you. All the best, Jeff. Bye bye. Bye bye. We will come back with our good friend Marilisa Racco. Stay with us.